0: Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for watching the Plain Sense and welcome to Plain Sense broadcast. Our goal through this ministry is to share the Word of God and also to help you to learn what the text has to say. So, one of the main burdens of the Plain Sense ministry is to make the life changing Word of God understandable and accessible to all. So, I ask that you pray for this ministry. I ask that you pray that God would use this for His own glory, and also God would use this ministry to change lives, to save souls, and also that God would use this ministry to lead people into learning the Word of God. I pray that you pray for me as I preach and teach the Word of God. I need God's wisdom and knowledge. So please remember me and the ministry in your prayers. Today we're going to look at the topic of the inerrancy of the Scripture, the inerrancy of the Scripture is the bible trustworthy are the scriptures trustworthy does it contain any errors at all so that is the topic we'll be dealing through this episode and before we get into it let's open with prayer father we thank you for your grace we thank you for your mercy we thank you for the time that you've given us to dwell into your word of oh, father i pray that you be with us as we're looking at the topic of inerrancy and help us understand lord who you are and what your word is father i pray for those who are watching this and also for those who will be watching it i pray that you bless them father according to your riches i pray for those who are struggling father with illnesses and and viruses and so forth father i pray that you touch them and heal them O oh, father may you receive the glory of oh, father I pray, Lord, that you will help us to be the light to the world, to the darkness, Father, so that the Father would receive the glory. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that you receive the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the previous episodes, we'll be looking at the inspiration of the Bible, for example, or the revelations of God. God revealed himself through nature. God revealed himself through conscience. God revealed himself through scripture. God revealed himself through Jesus Christ. So we've looked at several of those topics and also we looked at what the Bible is. And today specifically, we're going to look at the inerrancy of the scripture. In previous episode, which is also tied with this topic, that is the inspiration of the text, we learned that God breathed the text. That is the text is given by God are superintended by God, are governed by God, are supervised by God. And the reason why I put emphasis uh, is because, after all, this is God's word. And how can God not take care of his own work, his own word? So, therefore, God superintended, as we learn in the scripture, God took care of this process and also the writing of the Word that we have today. To understand the inerrancy of the Scripture, and we're not going to go into any of these technical descriptions or definitions, it basically means the Scripture is without error. To understand that, we must understand what God is. Because after all, the Scripture is God's Word. This is His Word. So we have to understand from that perspective what God is. Then we will come to the inner end. So we will look at the scripture, what it is saying about the uh, word of God. As I've mentioned before, the text that we have is the holy word of God. The scripture is a sacred scripture. The Bible is a sacred word of God. So, and it's also given by God himself. Therefore, we must understand what God is. There are many attributes that we can talk about God many attributes, but in this, we're going to look at just a few to make sense of what God is like. The first one is God is true. We're going to look at the, the first attribute, God is true, or God is truth. What does it mean by God is true? It means that He is reliable, He is real, not fake, He is real, He is trustworthy, and He is authentic. He is reliable, He is real, He is trustworthy, and He is authentic. Those are some of the definitions of the word true. So we know that God is true. John 17, 3, the text says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, not just God. When we look at the Bible, we we learn about several other gods as well. He's not like any of those gods or goddesses mentioned in the Bible. He is the only true God, not just God, true God but also the only true god there is no other true god besides the god of the bible so this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and the one you have sent that is john 17:3 and we look at the book of jeremiah for example jeremiah 10:10 10, 10, the text says but the lord is the true god yahweh is the true god He doesn't stop there. Look at this. He is the living God. He is not only true God, but he is also the living God and eternal king. There is no beginning. There is no end for him. He is the true God. He is the living God, and he is also the eternal king. The earth quakes at his wrath, and the nations cannot endure his fury. Now, when we look at the book of Jeremiah, we can understand that what the people are going through they're going through a lot of idol worship and careless lives and uh, disobeying god and so forth so here jeremiah is saying the lord god is true god god himself the yahweh himself is true and he is the living god unlike the dead gods and goddesses that doesn't speak and when we look at jeremiah's story we learn about these dead gods and goddesses and the statues so forth they don't they don't see they don't listen they can't do nothing why because they're dead statues but here the contrast in that he says he is the living god and the eternal king the earthquakes at his wrath and the nations cannot endure his fury what do we learn from these two verses that god is true that is his nature that is his character he's true he's true he's reliable he is authentic he's trustworthy and he is real he doesn't fake he says as is he he acts as he says. He is real. He is authentic. He is trustworthy and reliable. So John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Jeremiah ten ten says, the Lord is the true God. He is living God and eternal King. When God speaks of himself or anything that belongs to him, he will communicate that in an accurate way, right? When God speaks of himself, Or anything that belongs to him anything that has to do with him he communicates in an accurate way in a truthful way in a truthful way first Samuel 15 29 we know the context and Samuel tells Saul the eternal one of Israel that is first Samuel 15 29 the eternal one of Israel does not lie the eternal one of Israel does not lie nor change his mind for he is not a man who changes his mind the eternal one of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not man who changes his mind. What does it mean? It means God. whatever God says is accurate. Whatever God says is accurate. The holy word of God that we have with us today is uh, what God said. It is the word of God. It is his word. Therefore, it can only be true and trustworthy and nothing else. It can only be true because God is true. His nature is true. His character is true. He cannot lie. He cannot change his mind. He cannot say something else while he means another thing or vice versa. He cannot mean something and say something. He cannot hide something inside of him and say something outside that is not true. Whatever he's got in his mind, he says it. Whatever he says it, he'll do it. That is the God of the Bible. So what we learn from this is whatever God said is true. Therefore, whatever God says can only be true and trustworthy. It cannot be opposite. It cannot be anything else besides true and trustworthy. The second one we learn is that God is faithful. Until now, we saw briefly that God is true. When God is true, he cannot make up stuff. When his nature is true, he cannot make up things. He can only be true, nothing else. He cannot contradict himself to be anything else. That is the God of the Bible. And we're looking at the inerrancy of the Scripture. That is, does the Scripture contain any error? Is it trustworthy? Until now, we learned based on just a couple of passages, that God's Word is trustworthy because the, the source of this Word is trustworthy and reliable, true and authentic. So yes, so far, it is trustworthy. Let's look at another attribute. God is faithful. God is faithful. In Numbers 23 19, this is also another known story about Balaam and Balak the prophet. So we learn about a poem and an incident between Balak and Balaam. In this scene, based on the narrative, Balaam encountered God and he prophesied the following that is giving a testimony about God himself. God is not a man that he might lie or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak? And not act Or promise and not fulfill. does he speak and not act, and promise and not fulfill? This incident, the king, Balak, hires Balaam to prophesy against Israel and the camp of Israel, because he was worried looking at the massive camp and military might of the Israel, the smallest nation at the time so he hires balaam to come and curse against them curse them basically because he believed and balaam says good good will happen if you say it's bad bad will happen so here Balaam, come on go ahead look at the camp camp of israel i'm just so worried that they're going to come after me go and curse them but then god will stop Balaam from doing that Balaam doesn't do as for the request of Balak but then he says this God is not a man that he might lie or son of man that he might change his mind does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill what can we learn from this verse is that God is true whatever he says is true and whatever he says he will also do God is true Whatever he says is true, and whatever he says, he will do. God doesn't have a need to go back to Moses and say, Moses, hold on a second. I've misspelled something. I've misinformed something. I need to do some corrections. Let me think about it and come back to you in just a day or two, Moses. Stop writing what you're writing. Joshua, don't write anything. Just hold on, hold on. I made a mistake. Isaiah, stop. I made a mistake. Daniel, stop. I made a mistake. God, fix this. Give me some time. I have to think through what I'm doing, what I'm saying here. Do you think God has that need? No. He got no need to make any corrections as if he's, he's done something wrong or he said something wrong. There is no wrong in God. There is no mistake in God. He is always, always, always right and always accurate. God doesn't have a need to review his word. Is the scripture reliable? He doesn't have any need to review it. Hold on a second. I got some variants missing. I got some lines missing. I got some words missing. So we need to fix this immediately because that's my problem, my fault. I'm so sorry that I've given uh, a wrong information. Look, God doesn't have none of that need. Why? Because it does not contain error. That's how simple it is. God's word does not contain error. Every word of the scripture is inerrant. Every word of the scripture is without error. Why again this is the word of God the mighty god's word the el shaddai's word yahweh's word there cannot be an error in his word Martin Luther once said the scripture have never erred listen to this the scripture have never erred the scripture cannot err the scriptures have never erred the scriptures cannot err it is certain that scriptures would not contradict itself it is certain that scriptures would not contradict itself it only appears so to the senseless and hypocrites (laughs) i like that last part it only appears to so to the senseless and the hypocrites there is no error in the text There is no error in the Scripture. God's Word is pure. God's Word is holy. God's Word is sacred. Why? Again, this is the Word of the living, true, eternal God. This is the Word of the living, true, eternal God. There cannot be error in His Word. So we can trust the Word of God. We can rely upon the Word of God. Now, again, we are answering the question, is the Scripture trustworthy? So far, yes. God is true. Anything he does and says cannot be not true. God is faithful. So his word is also faithful. Whatever he says, he will do. He'll keep his promises. That is the God of Bible. When he says he's going to do something, he's not going to miss it. He's not going to forget it. He's not going to reschedule it. He's going to do it. That is the God of the Bible. Look at Psalm 12, 6. The text says, the words of the Lord are pure words. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. Purified seven times. What are those that are purified? The words of the Lord are pure words, and the same words are purified seven times. What does it mean? The number seven in Hebrew denotes what? Completeness. their perfection. It denotes perfection so we see that here basically the words of the Lord are pure meaning they're real they're trustworthy they're complete they're complete now why is the psalmist saying that that the words of the Lord are pure the words of the Lord are pure we have to look at the context because in the previous verse God promises that he will protect he will provide safety for the one who longs for it there is there's a promise that God made. And therefore, the psalmist is saying, I can count on the word of God. I can rely on the word of God. I can trust the word of God because the words of the Lord are pure. How much pure are they? There's no definition for it, there's no description for it. All we have in the text is purified seven times. That is, they're completely perfect. That is the word of God. They're completely perfect. What we see here in this Verse is that David counted on his master, on his king, on his Lord, who keeps his word, on the living God who will not change and who is true forever. That's where the psalmist relied upon, David relied upon. That is, on the Lord whose words that he can count on. Because, why? Because they're true. Psalm 1979 says, The instruction of the Lord is perfect. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's lives. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. What did you see here? There are seven words used, important words in this passage. The instruction that is the Torah or the law, either the law or instructions or teachings of the Lord is perfect. It is perfect. Renewing one's life. And then he goes, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy. So we have perfect. We have trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether what? Righteous. There are seven words used to describe the words of God, the instruction of God, the law of God. Proverbs 35 says every word of God is pure every single word of God is pure he is a shield to those who take refuge in him every word of God is pure regarding the purity or the word purity the theological dictionary of the old testament says references are also made to the purity of God's own word with respect to its authenticity and reliability it is purified 7 times in psalm 127 And like precious metal, it too is precious and priceless. That is, the Word of God is precious and priceless. And therefore, the believer loves the Word of God. And therefore, we must love the Word of God because it is precious than anything we can think of. The Word of God is precious. The Word of God is beautiful. The Word of God is life-changing. The Word of God has power in it. When we open the scripture and read, we are basically reading the very word of God. We're seeing the mind of God, at least to some extent. We're seeing what his plans are, what his plans were, and what he's going to do in future. We're learning about him, himself, his story, because the scripture is his story. That's what we're doing when we open the Bible. When we open the Bible, God is speaking to us. If only we are receptive. If only we have the teachable spirit. God is speaking to us when we open the Bible. Because these are life-changing words. Every single word in the scripture is pure, is reliable, is trustworthy. It's purified. God's words are purified seven times. Really not number seven, seven times. But it means it's completely perfect. Completely perfect. Psalm 119 and 140 verse says, Your word is, what is it? Completely pure, not just partially pure. Your word is completely pure and your servant loves it. Psalm 1830 says, God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is pure. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. So what is that? The word perfect here means complete. Totally complete. In First Kings six twenty two, we see an example of the same term used. So he added the gold overlay to the entire temple until everything was completely finished. Until everything, there's nothing left undone. Until everything is completely finished, including the entire altar that belongs to the inner sanctuary. That is the meaning that we should get from the term. Everything is completely finished. So what do we learn? We learn that God is true. We learn that God is faithful. We learn that the Word of God is pure, is perfect, is complete, is authentic, it is real, it is trustworthy. We learn from these basic, simple verses that we can more than 100% rely upon the Word of God. And as believers, we must rely on the Holy Word of God. This is our guide. This is how God speaks to us. He doesn't speak to us in gibberish and unknown languages. He speaks to us in known languages. This is his story. When we open the scripture, we open the mind of God, one said. When we open the scripture, we allow God to speak to us. This is God's pure word. This has power in it. So does the scripture contain any error? Based on what we looked at so far, God's word does not contain any error. So what about those who claim that Scripture has errors? Anyone can make any claim. You and I can make any claim. Who's going to stop us? Nobody can stop us. But deep in their hearts, they know that those statements are not true, are not real. You cannot wholeheartedly deny the authenticity, the trustworthiness of the Scripture. If something doesn't make sense to you, that's not the problem of the Scripture. That's your problem. If something doesn't make sense from the Scripture to me, that is not God's problem. That is my problem because I am the one who is not able to understand. But I have a means. I can pray and ask God to help me understand His Word because after all, this is God's Word. And He's not going to say no when we ask. There are going to be critiques, even more, that will criticize the Holy Scripture of God. But let me encourage you one thing. Ignore those. Ignore them. instead of. Using the life that God has given you on unnecessary things, use that life by spending more time in the word of God so that you can learn about God. The scripture is about himself. This is God's holy word. We can learn about God. When we learn about who God is, we can better worship him. How are we going to worship God without knowing him? It'll be empty worship. We must know when we know God, we would worship Him better. There are critiques. They've written several books about, you know, belittling the Scripture and the validity of the Scripture and authenticity of the Scripture. Well, don't believe this. This is some errors and all that stuff. Well, thank God He gave so many manuscripts to prove that this is trustworthy. You can never, never deny the trustworthiness of the Scripture. It just won't happen. You can waste your life all you want, but you can never prove that Scripture is not trustworthy. You can never prove the Scripture has no power. You can never prove the Scripture is not the Word of God. You just cannot. You must understand your limitation. God's Word is powerful. God's Word does not contain any error. God has given His Word to us so that we could learn about Him. I highly suggest that you spend time in reading the Word of God. Don't spend time, don't waste the life that God has given you looking around to find faults in the scripture. You can spend all your life. you can't find any fault in the Word of God. you can't. I mean we are thank the Lord, we are able to read languages, we're able to understand what God has given to us. But don't forget God is the author of language as well. He's the one who invented language. He's the one who's the reason why we are even talking, why we can understand one another. God gave this in a way so we can understand. There is no error in it. God is pure, God is holy, and therefore God's word is pure, God's word is holy. If you're interested in learning about the text criticism, for example, oh, go ahead and learn about it. But know that not in your lifetime, you will never be able to prove that God's word is not trustworthy. It just won't happen. God is real, His word is real, God is trustworthy, His word is trustworthy. Does the scripture contain errors? The answer is no. We have the word of God that we can depend on, rely on, learn what we can from the scripture. Be receptive, read the text, and God will teach you His ways. The scripture does not contain error. God bless you. Thank you for watching the Plain Sense. We are so glad to be a part of this ministry. And it's all because of the grace of our Lord that we are able to start this program. You will find today's episode available on our YouTube channel. That's Dr. Joel Madasu's YouTube channel. If you have any questions or concerns or any prayer requests, you can always feel free to call us on the number below. See you again at the same time on the same channel next week. Till then, please keep praying for this program. Thank you. God bless you. Greetings, everybody. This is Dr. Joel Madasu. Thank you for stopping by this course, the Torah. The reason why I'm creating this course is to help you understand the foundational books of the Bible. My major and my concentration is in the Old Testament, so obviously I have love for the Old Testament. But the primary reason is that you would understand and learn these foundational books because these are important to understand what the scripture is teaching us. We need to understand these initial five books of the scripture in order to make sense of the rest of the scripture. What is scripture talking about as a whole in order to understand what is going on as a whole we need to get into the depths of the books of torah so this course is going to provide you an understanding of what torah is the message of torah and also what are the central points within the books of the torah god's word is beautiful it's just amazing so i ask you join this course and learn what the word of God has to say I will see you inside the course God bless you